0: So that's an interesting question that uh, Bobby raised before reading that Gospel selection about the crucifixion. On this Christ the King Sunday, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, I suppose that that particular Scripture was put in place in the lectionary for this morning because it reminds us as we ask ourselves the question, am I truly thankful this Thanksgiving for what I have received? Let me explain. If you ask yourself that question, am I truly thankful? You might, you might ask that of yourself several different ways. I think it behooves us to do some self-examination as we go into Thanksgiving, and then next Sunday, believe it or not, is the first Sunday of Advent, and we are rolling downhill like a freight train toward Christmas. And it will be here before we know it, and there are so many things that are happening in between. Uh, gosh, it's just a great time to be a Christian. And I know if you're. You have your eyes focused on what's going out there in the world and in the country. You might be saying, I'm not so sure it's such a great time. But rest assured that count yourselves among the ones who can be truly thankful this Thanksgiving. If you ask yourself, am I truly thankful? You might continue to ask questions as you look inwardly. Am I am I thankful for things that matter? Am I thankful for things that impact the kingdom of God? Am I thankful for things that impact my eternal soul? Am I thankful for things that impact my relationship with God and with those around me? Am I thankful for things that matter in eternity? Am I thankful for things that assure my salvation. See, as Christ followers, we have a lot to be thankful for, do we not? As disciples of Jesus Christ, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, we have much to be thankful for indeed, do we not? If you view the world through the lens of the Christ view, no matter what your earthly circumstances might be, you know that you have much to thank God for in this life. You know that no matter what your circumstances in the world might be, you are still able to count yourself among those who can be truly thankful. Now, on the other hand, if you're living in the world without Christ in your life, if you're relying on your own understanding, if you're counting on your own wisdom, your own capabilities, if you're trying to do this life on your own terms, for your own ends, then if you find your life is a little tumultuous, a little chaotic, if you have some Anxiety about your future, if your future is uncertain, if your lot in life has not been one of favor, then your perspective on being thankful might be markedly different than that of someone who has Christ in their life. Why does Christ in your life make such a difference to your perspective on thankfulness? See, in the natural world, it sometimes comes down to circumstances. And our circumstances in the natural world tend to dictate the tone in which we express or fail to express thankfulness. And that perspective, I think, generally holds true until you understand just exactly what it is for which we should be truly thankful. Now, for most of us, that realization of what we should be thankful for doesn't come until we have a transformation of our perspective. And that transformation only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. What it comes down to is whether you're looking at the world through the lens of the world view or are you looking at the world through the lens of the Christ view? And throughout history, mankind has been struggling in this tension between the worldview and the Christ view. If we look at the Bible, we indeed should look there first. If we look at the Bible, we see from Old Testament to New Testament, from Genesis through Revelation, there is this struggle where human beings are concerned with the worldview and the Christ view. couple of examples. There are far too many for me to list all of them. We'd be here till Christmas. But in 2 Samuel, King David declares that he is, in fact, king of Israel by the sovereign grace and authority of the one true God. Right away, he's got a good perspective on his reign. He declares that everything that he's ever written All of the psalms that he wrote, all of the music that he composed, all of his accomplishments were made possible by the inspiration and favor of the real sovereign, the Lord God of all. And he declares that any king who wants to rule will rule righteously if he follows the Lord God. Because the Lord's kingdom is light and life, David tells us. That's the Christ view. But David goes on to say, he says, the wicked are like thorns which are to be burned up in the fire. Wickedness, the way of darkness and chaos, that's the view of the world. That's not only the view of the world, but for many who who. practice that view, it's their preferred view of the world. Righteousness, the way of light and life, the Christ view versus wickedness, the way of darkness and chaos. And these things have always been in tension since there have been humans on the earth. We also see in Psalm 132, which is one of those Psalms that David wrote, David remembers that he brought the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem, the Ark containing the law of God, right? The Ten Commandments. So that the people of God would have a baseline to understand what righteousness looked like. How do you know if you're righteous unless you have something to measure righteousness by? And so the Ark of the Covenant, To the people of Israel contained the Ten Commandments, the law of God, and it showed the people what the standard of righteousness was. That's the Christ view. But the reality was that there wasn't a single person alive who could ever attain the high standard that God had set for what righteousness was. Because the worldview was that sin had enslaved the people of God. God honored David's action, bringing the Ark of the Covenant to rest in Jerusalem. So he swore to David a promise that one of David's line would occupy his throne forever. Can you guess who that one is? somebody turn to your neighbor and say, it was Jesus Christ. Yes, indeed. Then in Revelation, we go to the end of the Scriptures, we see that John describes his vision of the fullness of God's promise coming to fruition. He says, grace and peace to you from the one who is and was and is coming from Jesus Christ, the ruler of the kings of the earth. The Christ view. See, it's easy for us mere humans to get sucked into the worldview. We're so easily distracted by things that promise satisfaction. We're distracted by shiny objects that draw our attention from what our soul and our spirit truly yearn for, which is relationship with the one who made us and the peace that that relationship brings with it. We crave. Peace because we were designed by God for peace and order in our lives. Now, it occurs to me, having said that, that there are those out there who are not in a relationship with Christ. Here's the thing, but who God loves anyway. I know that's hard for us to take inside the sanctuary here, separated from all those people. But God does indeed love all of His creation. And He pours out this thing called prevenient grace on them just because He loves them. Prevenient grace. That grace that God extends to all of His creation. Now, at the same time, those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ, those of us who are saved in Christ have the benefit of a different kind of grace. It's called justifying or saving grace. And it's only made possible through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Provenient grace for everyone and justifying grace for those who believe in their hearts that Jesus was resurrected from the dead and who confess with their mouths that Jesus Christ is indeed Lord of all. I can't find anyone in Scripture who understood that distinction between prevenient grace and justifying grace better than the Apostle Paul. And I would submit that no one was more thankful for it than Paul. That saving grace that comes with a relationship with Jesus. Paul understood it because he was outside of that grace. Persecuting those who believed in Jesus Christ for a long time before Jesus met him. And he had that experience that caused him to transform from Saul into Paul, the apostle. Listen to what he writes. He's writing to the Colossians. He says, may you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He, Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, So that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. See, Paul is telling us here No matter what comes, stick it out for the Christ view. Through the tough times and the good times. Not by relying on willpower, but by relying on God's power. God's power is the the kind of strength that endures the unendurable. The kind of strength that spills over into joy and causes us to thank God the Father who makes us strong enough to see the beautiful in the midst of the ugliness, To see the peace in the middle of the chaos. To see the brightness and the hopefulness of the light cutting through the darkest night of your soul, whatever that might be for you. This is the God who rescues you from the pit and transforms you and transforms us and transports us into the midst of the Holy Trinity by the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells in us as believers in Jesus. This is the God who sets you up for life in the kingdom. The kingdom of the Son that he loves so much. He sets you up for life, reminding you why you should be thankful. See, we look at the sun and we see the God who cannot be seen. We look at the sun and we see God's original purpose in everything that he created, everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible in Jesus. We see God's purpose for us and we're reminded once again why we must be thankful. We look at the Son of the Most High God and we see that He is the one who holds it all together. When we think our universe is unraveling at both ends, it's not. It's merely being brought into the order that God purposed for. He was supreme in the beginning and he will be supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he is there above everyone and everything. He's towering above your circumstances, whatever they might be. He's bigger than all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, including the broken pieces of your life. And he fixes things. His people. He fixes relationships. He fixes circumstances. All things get properly fixed and put back together in perfect, vibrant harmony all because of His sacrifice on the cross. All because of His death is poured out Blood pouring down from the cross, covering your transgressions and my transgressions and giving us new life because of his victory over death. See, through Jesus Christ, we share in the resurrection. And we can't help but be reminded that we are a people graced with true thanksgiving. True thanksgiving its more than mom's turkey and gravy, which is good, by the way. True thanksgiving is understanding that your circumstances don't define your worth. They don't define your place in God's kingdom, and they certainly don't dictate your joy. True thanksgiving is accepting the free gift of grace through Christ and choosing to abide in Him in good times and in bad. Because we're reminded, for in Him, Jesus, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through Him, God was pleased to reconcile to Himself all things, including you, me, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. And for that, church, for that, we can be truly and forever thankful in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand for our final hymn this morning.